Well, we're back, and it's always another great day for another episode of the Level of Grappling Podcast. I am your host, Ed, along with my co-host, Coach Brian of PCI Jiu-Jitsu. Level Up Grappling is the official podcast of PCI Jiu-Jitsu in Mission Viejo, California. And speaking of Mission Viejo, California, there is a Mission Viejo High School. And at that Mission Viejo High School, we have a Coach Juan Dominguez, who is also one of our friends, and uh, he's our guest today on the show. Juan, how are you? Good, Ed. Uh, Ed and Brian, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, we're excited to have you on. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's funny. Last night, we were actually practicing out of the wrestling room there, and um, <laughs> Coach, uh, Coach Juan, I don't know if you saw or heard me screaming because <laughs> what happened was at the towards the end of the our training session, um, I... <laughs> I ended up busting my thumb and I think I sprained my thumb here. And then coach Brian's like just shaking his head. Like what happened now? <laughs> Another excuse for Ed not to show up on the mats. But anyway, so, and it, it just so happened that of course it's open, it's back to school night. So the parents are flowing through. And so Juan, I apologize if I caused any issue. <laughs> if I made you look bad. No, no, not at all. It was actually really fun to, uh, Get to watch you, Ed, uh, you know, getting your training done and Brian just kind of leading that. You know, it was great. Uh, I had one of my female wrestlers, you know, watching you guys. And, uh, you know, she was just intrigued. She's a freshman, ninth grader here at Mission Viejo High School and uh, was just really intrigued with what you guys were doing. So <laughs> it was <All> great. Right. <laughs> a little bit different. And she's not well, used, I'm sure she's yeah, not used yeah, to the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> not yet <laughs> yeah and i'm a screamer i was basically like anytime you put me i'm just like that's my tap i don't i don't ever physically tap i just scream so anyway um one can you give us a quick background of kind of obviously we just announced that you're the head coach of the mission vo high school wrestling team but what's your background with wrestling and grappling yeah uh, yeah thanks ed uh so you know i was a kind of like a late bloomer i I actually wrestled at Valencia High School in Placentia and uh, didn't really start wrestling till like uh, the middle of my freshman year. Uh, I was just too small. And to be honest, I was one of those chubby kids, right? Uh, uh, you know, as a freshman, I was 4'11", 180 pounds and really very soft. I'll just say that. <laughs> and uh, just had great coach uh, there and great teammates and uh, fell in love with the sport. Um, so you know, uh, went on to uh, finish uh, wrestling there at the high school. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny because we, you know, when I talk about, you know, teammates, I had a really good teammate of our, we had a, a band of uh, guys uh, at that school. Uh, one of them was Sam Lopez, who ended up uh, coaching out in, uh, uh, well, he wrestled in college and ended up coaching in Central California, leading uh, the Selma team for a number of years. And, mm. You really, you know, had that foundation, you know, uh, that we all learned from our high school. So that kind of just uh, stuck with me through through the years, right? Um, I went on to the military and gave it a shot, you know, tried to wrestle uh, in the early 90s and some uh, tournaments at uh, Camp Pendleton. Mm. And, uh, yeah, found out uh, very fast that uh, I needed a lot of work. So <laughs> anyhow, I <laughs> gave it up and... Uh, Hung up my 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 uh, uh, shoes uh, per se, you know, competing, uh, but uh, found uh, you know I, I found once I started having my own kids, 
found a great, great uh, MMA program, uh, Rain Wrestling, and that's when uh, the wrestling uh, kind of just uh, sparked again. Uh, uh, I had a, uh, I, I'm just going to say, go ahead, and, go ahead and say that uh, my coaching really began there. I had great mentors, mm. uh, coach underneath uh, Mark Munoz, mm. Paula Blanc, Steve Esparza, Matt Lopez. So just a great uh, uh, family of coaches uh, who I look up to and uh, mentored me. So um, did that, you know, helped out the team there for uh, a number of years, I'd say about seven years until the the, uh, uh, the gym closed. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but we, we kept, uh, you know, coaching all the youth. And I jumped into high school program about, uh, to the high school programs, uh, I'd say about six years ago. Right. And uh, been here at Mission Viejo High School, uh, coaching as a head coach uh, for this is my fifth season here, and uh, so yeah, you know, just kind of took a break and in between my my uh, my twenties and thirties and into my forties, and again found the the, the sport uh, calling calling me back, and here I am just passing the knowledge that I've gained. So nice. yeah, nice. Um, thanks for sharing that and. Just for everybody listening, you know, Juan coached me a little bit last night because, you know, Coach Brian doesn't do a good job of communicating certain things to me. And <laughs> I, it was funny because, like, because I remember, Coach, you were telling me, like, get your elbows, drop your elbows, drop your elbows. I'm like, what are you talking? I'm like, where do you mean drop my elbows, right? And, and, and Coach Juan's standing there and he's like, you got to squeeze and compress as you're bringing them in. And he's giving that, you know, in a sense, that wrestling side of an explanation. And all of a sudden it clicked with me. I was like, oh, so that's actually part of the technique. It's, you know, it's not just something, it's not a position that you want the elbows down. Coaches, Coach Brian's like, yes, pay attention. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm showing it to you when I'm demonstrating the technique, I'm showing you where the elbows are going. And I'm telling you, here's what yeah. I want you to do. And then now I'm the bad teacher <laughs> because you're the dumbass that has all in five minutes. All in five minutes. <laughs> now it, it was really great to 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 watch that. You know, uh, Brian doing a great job, and you know that's that's what it's all about, right? Uh, us family yeah. of wrestlers and and uh, you know mixed martial artists, uh, per se. Uh, you know, helping each other. It's all about family and, you know, uh, more than more than one way to explain absolutely. one thing, right? That's, that's what's <laughs> oh, yeah. super no, important absolutely. because not everybody has the language to get into somebody else's head. And as an example, when I used to train with Billy Robinson, you know, he would just yell at you and go like, no, no, you don't doing it right. Do it again. But he would never like specifically say what you'd be doing wrong. He would just yell at you and basically make you feel like crap. And then you don't know, Sounds right? Like someone I know. And then so sometimes <laughs> that happens with me where I'm just yelling and telling everybody, hey, you're dumbass. You're not doing it right. And, you know, but it takes sometimes somebody else has to articulate what you need to hear. So to me, it's critical to have other people in the room. To, that uh, that can also coach and see and then articulate it in a different way so that the students can go, oh, okay, that's what he means. Because not everybody translates the same way. So I'm highly appreciative. Somebody like, you know, at, at somebody's level, like Juan can 
help me out and say, oh, he means this, do this. Oh my God, it makes my life so much easier. Otherwise, I'm going to go over there and jump on, jump on somebody <laughs> and beat them up. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, a yeah. great example, right? A great example of how two two coaches can uh, can work together. You know, and uh, you know, bring the uh, drive the point across. Right? That's yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Now, Juan, when you're during your time at Rain, um, were you coaching any? Uh, I mean, obviously, I assume that you were coaching a lot of the, just the kind of the students that were there. But were you also coaching any of the kind of the fight team members that were getting ready to go into amateur and or professional fighting? Actually, I, I was not. I was really okay. mostly involved with the youth program. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, but certainly you know, uh, I was a sponge while I was in there. So mm-hmm. you know, I got to meet a lot of the the uh, the fighters there and uh you know uh, like i said you know just it was a great family environment there mm-hmm. um and, and it's still you know still you know to this day there's you know everybody still you know uh, keeps in touch with each other and uh you know i was just blessed to to be you know uh, a fly on the wall for say you know just getting my hands with the with the youth but you know at the same time uh you know working with and and just you know being next to these uh, uh, great guys that were, you know, uh, on their quest for uh, greatness themselves. So, yeah, for sure. Now, so I, I'd like to kind of dive into, you know, obviously you're spending a lot of time with youth um, and then developing their, getting them on their grappling journeys, their wrestling journeys. Um, what is it? Why do you think wrestling is so unique, especially when it comes to to youth? Yeah, that uh, great. Thank you. That's a that's a great question, and uh, you know, it's all about um, family, and you know, you you us wrestlers, you know, we we uh, we're a small, really bonded group of of folk, right? Um, and it's important to pass the knowledge, keep the wrestling alive, you know. Years ago, you know, there was a, a, some talks of, you know, getting rid of Olympic wrestling. Yeah, I don't know if you remember those, 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 you know, through that time. And and you know, when I was like, you know, listening to that, I was like, there's no way. What can I do, you know, to keep that alive? And you know, guys like me, I'll just say that uh, you know we do this, you know, out of that love, you know, to keep that family, that that bond of wrestlers still you know, thriving, we're still alive, you know, we do matter, you know, it's just another voice. So, you know, it's very important for me to keep that, that legacy of wrestlers, uh, you know, keep it, keep it going, you know, that's, that's kind of really what I feel in my heart. So, yeah, I think that with, when it comes to wrestling, we, it's, I think Joe Rogan even said this, like there's, there's no glory in it. And yet that's what makes it so special is because, I mean, what? Yeah, the Olympics, states, things of that sort. Like these kind of platforms are like really the only publicly seen platforms when it comes to these types of sports. That it, you know, it's not. It's not like every collegiate wrestler is going to go join the UFC or they're going to go join. You know, let's just even say pro wrestling. That you know what we see on the Olympic stage is probably as public as it gets. Cause if you see somebody walking down the street and they're like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm first place national wrestling champion. Nobody's going to care. There's no publicity around it. And yet 
you see how much work. I mean, even sure, I'm, I'm sure at the high school level, my only experience with high school wrestling was that I tried out for the team, and I actually tried out for Irvine High School is where I went to, but I didn't make the team because I didn't know anything about wrestling. We were thrown into it during a PE class. My shoe fell off during the tryouts, and I was like, "Oh, look, <laughs> my shoe!" And then the guy pinned me, and so I never made, <laughs> so I never made it on the team. But I had a lot of friends on there, so my only exposure to it is that like is what they were going through, and this is during like you know. They were wearing the trash bags to to get all the water weight down, chewing gum, whatever they can, spitting left and right. <laughs> and it's like you see them struggling to make weight. You see all the work that they put through. They see all you see all the injuries. You see all the practice time and and the amount of effort that it takes to become a good wrestler. And yet nobody cares, uh, publicly speaking, right? And so. I think to your point, I, I, I applaud you in that you have that love for this sport, that you have that love for this art and your desire to keep it alive. Um, and starting, I think, like many at the youth level uh, in high school. Um, and so I applaud you for doing that. And, you know, Coach Juan and I have a little bit of a connection in the sense that one of my Civil Air Patrol cadets is actually one of his wrestlers. And it's it's just it's interesting that, you know, we share that kind of world where we're both in we're both impacting the people that are currently growing up who are going to one day take our spots. And, you know, what does that mean for us in this in this kind of context of wrestling, of grappling and even to coach Brian's point of, you know, the stuff that is being taught at through his method at PCI Jiu Jitsu, it's like these things are being it's not just the fact that we're learning it's that we're passing on knowledge to one day that someone will take our spots and that they will continue these things you know and then yeah we can only pray to the good lord above that wrestling will remain in the olympics because um in my personal opinion for as big of a taekwondo fan as i am i I don't mind if they get rid of that (laughs) at the olympics but i Feel like it's like how do you get rid of the oldest sport in the world how do you get rid of the oldest sport in the world it's like literally the original olympic sport right a bunch of oiled up greeks (laughs) romans going at it so it's like (laughs) yeah yeah and and just just to add you know it, it really you know it's important that uh you know besides the winning and 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 you know apart from you know keeping the sport alive you know it's really important i'm glad you you shared that uh you know one of your cadets is you know uh, wrestling under our program here um you know because at the end of the day you know i really you know would like all these kids here all these student athletes here at the school to really become successful men and women right that's really one of the goals here and the vision is is just to not only for the sport but really you know we're uh, in in a sort of way, we're like that, uh, you know, that uh, uncle of theirs, you know, that mentor, uh, and you know, at the end of the day, just want to see them succeed. You know, anybody that comes and crosses path with us wrestlers, you know, us older guys, you know, we want to really see them succeed. You know, so. one of the things to springboard off of that that I find very impressive with your program is it's incredibly all-inclusive you don't exclude anybody you don't make them you know say okay if you can't run these wind sprints and climb up this hill and down with a boulder you're cut from the team i've seen you be accommodating welcoming supportive of everyone all the students regardless of 
you know, their, their gender, their body type, their personality. And I'm curious, you've had an incredibly sex successful program since you've, uh, you know, taken over. What do you think has been the driving force behind your success? Um, given the, like how you put it together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, actually, you know, I learned that, uh, you know, through, uh, just to share a little bit, I, I was also in the military and, you know, that's part of the military, uh, teachings or learnings that I had. Um, you know, a, a saying says, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link and how that, att- uh, uh, ties to wrestling is your partner, you know, and, uh, you, Everybody matters in that room, everybody, because that one person that may be, you know, uh, some some people may call, uh, you know, weak or whatnot, that's somebody's partner, and that's very critical to a team. And so that kind of, you know, really drives me to, you know, welcome anybody and everybody to the, to the room there. So, you know, we, I strive to do that, you know, I, you know, it's really inclusive of all. And uh, that chain just keeps getting stronger and stronger here at Mission Viejo High School. That's awesome. So how did you come up with um, your program in terms of how you teach, how you set up, you know, your techniques and your strategies for success? Um, How did you organize that? Yeah. uh, So a lot of it, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, during the introduction, um, a lot of love um, is what I've, what I learned, you know, as a, you know, as a young coach, uh, learning through, you know, these great mentors that I've had, um, really just taking your time. This sport is very, uh, you know, brutal, very humbling. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I uh, recognize is that you've got to love the sport first, yeah. above all. And, uh you know, when I when I uh, get a practice going, it's I have the mentality of we we have to love the sport first. Um, they want the kids need to want to be there, and then once they're there, we can start you know working on all the fundamentals because you know you can never master all the fundamentals that involve the sport of wrestling. So. I really tailor to that and then just kind of look around the room and does this, does, do we need this today? Do we really need this today? And so, you know, I, I tailor that, uh, my practices that way. So, yeah, so that makes any sense. So are there certain techniques that you feel are tiered in terms of importance for your team and what you teach? Yeah, absolutely. One of the 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 first things is uh, mm-hmm. our stances. Stances are stance. I mean, that's really very critical. It's not necessarily a a, a hold of, of a technique, but you know, just our stance and motion drills. Um, you know, uh, uh, what I really love is wrist mm-hmm. riding, <laughs> wrist riding, and uh, you know, tilts. I'm very, very uh, fond of tilts. And, uh, you know, when you talk about technique, that's really what our team is uh, based off of, uh, you know, just a lot of tilts and and uh, stance in motion. And, uh, you know, 
solid fundamentals that I try to, you know, teach and coach here. I like that. Now, okay, this is kind of a loaded question, but it, this is very <laughs> important for just the, the audience in general. So one of the things I always say is, you know, people say, you know, because when they're always, uh, you know, kind of promoting jujitsu, like regular, like say Brazilian jujitsu, they always say, well, 80% of the fights go to the ground. So my whole point always is, well, 100% of the fights start standing. And I think like with jujitsu people, they tend to ignore that grappling starts standing And the f- huge set of fundamentals in grappling is learning how to grapple from a standing position. So you can control how the fight goes to the ground if it goes to the ground. So I'm sure they've heard me say it enough times where they hate me, but I'd love to hear from your perspective as a wrestling coach. Why is it important for jujitsu people to learn how to grapple from a standing position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and as I mentioned earlier, one of the most important or the key parts of, uh, you know, grappling in general mm-hmm. is your stance. Yeah, you're right, Brian. Um, everything starts from a neutral, as we call it in wrestling, uh, or a standing position. Everything mm-hmm. starts there. And, uh, uh, we, we, I, I, I coach with a saying of your motion on your feet will create mm-hmm. offense. And so that's very important. That's a critical part of, of, uh, grappling. And I think, you know, when you, uh, talk about jujitsu mm-hmm. practitioners, um, it's very important to control the match from the beginning and, and controlling it yeah. starts from your feet. Absolutely. 100%. We see that all the time. Like we, I have a rule, right? We, we have this saying, start standing or stay home. We're not allowed guard pulling. I know we were going to yep. do a little class at, 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 you know, for, for your group at some point of like how not to be stuck in the guard. And uh, I was wondering if you could maybe elaborate a little bit on how you've seen the students evolve either for better or for worse, if they've, started taking up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, I have had a few conversations on the side about this with regards to their wrestling. So what's happened since then? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, we have a, a few kids in our program that, uh, you know, are coming mm-hmm. from jiu-jitsu into wrestling. And, uh, you know, what I see as a wrestling coach, the benefit is that they'd love to get in scramble mm-hmm. and scrambles. You know, and uh, they're very confident because of their coaching or, or the style that they've learned first. Uh, confident, you know, just rolling around, yeah. as we say, <laughs> right? You know, scrambling. Um, yeah. So that's key. And I like that. Uh, but then it comes to a point where <laughs> they're trying to pull guard and it's like quite the opposite of what I need them to do. <laughs> you know, they once they pull guard, it's like uh, they stop scrambling. And so a lot of times... Uh, you know, in wrestling, we, we start exposing our backs and we start giving up points right then and there. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really do say that, uh, you know, uh, both, both, uh, you know, styles are, you know, they, they, they can work well together 100%. Um, and, and I've seen it, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I love the scrambling part aspect of it, 
when they come in. Uh, and then we just need to just uh, fine tune it to, you know, what we do here in high school, folk style wrestling, and or especially here in the United mm-hmm. States, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coach Juan, when to kind of go back to that concept, I'm curious to know from your experience. So. I competed in my first catch wrestling competition a little while ago, and I had never, again, I've never really been exposed to pins, right? The three count pin. For your, for the students that you have that come from jujitsu who don't, who basically practice grappling without a pin, is there a steeper learning curve for them because they're so used to, let's say, being on their back? And then all of a sudden now they actually have to be much more, you know, I guess the word is much more dynamic. Because of that pin concept, yeah, absolutely. There is a little bit of a steeper uh, learning curve, um, and it also depends on how long they've been practicing, right? Uh, you know, uh, jujitsu. Uh, uh, since we're talking about jujitsu specifically, um, you know, as as the years go by of them practicing that, the curve, you know, the learning curve gets steeper and steeper. Um, so I have found that, uh, you know. I've had uh, two years with uh, with a, a, a certain you know athlete, and I'm still trying to correct the pulling of the guard and you know <laughs> get off your back and 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 so yeah absolutely, uh, but I think it has a lot to do with uh, you know just the the amount of time they've spent uh, you know learning that and you know transitioning to high school uh, to a wrestling team uh, especially mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, it's just a yeah. It, it it's just a matter of you know keep loving them, uh, keep uh, you know showing them the right technique, um, you know because I love when uh, jujitsu kids uh, throw in legs. I love it. You know mm-hmm. they're trying to get you know move their hips all the way around. Uh, they they do well with that, but then uh, all of a sudden we're back to uh, uh, being on our backs. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I think that's what, why I enjoy teaching the way that I do, because it's catch wrestling based, right? I don't, I don't teach Mm -hmm. from a BJJ perspective, even though there's elements of BJJ I teach. That's why, you know, the reason why, the whole reason why I call our school PCI jujitsu is because people know what jujitsu is. They've heard the name. If I just say it's catch wrestling, you know, California catch wrestling, people are like, what the hell is that? You know, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense (laughs) But PCI literally stands for pin control isolate. So that's how I learned it from Billy Robinson. So the catch techniques is always number one, pin the closest joint Two, control the body three isolate for a two on one in order to establish your, your full body pin or a submission. And because of that, when I'm teaching, it's always like, no, we're not going to stay on our backs. We don't want our shoulders to the mat and we have to move. And so there's always an opportunity for us to create angles, even in, you know, say a more BJJ emphasized position, like the the guard or something like that, to where we always say wrestle out, wrestle up. So we're always looking to wrestle out of a position Mm -hmm. off the bottom to wrestle into the top position so we can establish a pin so that we can control the body and either finish them with a pin or punch them or submit them. Right. But uh, it is it is interesting that I, I feel like because there's been an emphasis over the last, you know, I don't know, 
few decades of people just laying on their backs, they really don't understand the importance of not being on your back, especially if there's punches involved. As you know, that's the worst thing that you want. Why would you want to lay on your back if somebody's going to punch you? You don't. Right. You know? So it's, it's one of those things to really kind of correct them, like you're saying, can be a bit of a challenge. And I think what I've seen is I see people, they teach what we call now sport jujitsu. And this sport jujitsu, because it's mm. all primarily point-based or even with the submission-only stuff, they're not focusing on, well, what happens if somebody hits you? This is, this is the importance of why people need, in my opinion, why people need to learn pinning. They need to learn cradles. Right. They need to learn pins and this and that. Why? Because if somebody's on top of you, you need to understand how much danger you're in. And when they, you take that out, people get lazy. And then they go, oh, I could just sit here as long as I want. No, you cannot. You know, so it's one of those things to correct. And I know people, I'm not going to name any names, but I know people that are, that were very successful wrestlers, either in MMA, college wrestling, high school wrestling, that teach jujitsu, that do not incorporate their wrestling skills into jujitsu, even when they're teaching their students. They isolate it. And it's the worst mm -hmm. thing, in my opinion, the worst thing you can do because it's not two separate things. Everything, in my opinion, starts with wrestling. It's all wrestling. It's just whether or not there's a submission involved. That's how I look at it. It's either submission right. or right. non-submission wrestling. Yeah. It's all grappling. We are engaging yeah. each other in a physical combat. Let's say if we don't have any strikes, we're engaging each other in a physical combat to dominate the other person, you know, and eventually get them on the ground and play kill. So it's either submission or non-submission right. wrestling is really how I, I look at it. So to eliminate... Yeah the key components of what wrestling is to me is frightening. You know, it, it really is. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and I have to like make a comment, uh, you know, I'm following, you know, what you're saying. And, uh, you know, yesterday, last night, you know, when we had our uh, back to school night, the young lady, my wrestler, she, you know, when you guys were in a position, Ed, uh, you were <laughs> in a, uh, Compromised position, right? <laughs> she says, hey, isn't that a cradle? So what's the difference? I said, and I just basically looked at her and I said, there's a lot of pressure in those joints. <laughs> when, when she was hearing you scream, Ed. So it was so funny. Oh, man. I don't know if I was screaming. I felt like maybe I was more screaming. No, no, no. I shouldn't even say scream. Well, yeah. No, but no, no. what I find interesting about that, though, is even the com small conversation that you guys started to kind of get into last night of, you know, because your student was watching us and then it becomes, well, what is legal versus what is yeah. illegal, right? And, and obviously, we're compartmentalizing, compartmentalizing the sport of wrestling, obviously, specifically in mm -hmm. high school wrestling, but... It's like, yeah, you know, at that time, I think we were also working with like it from our side is driving our knee into our opponent's back, you know, and then the way that we might sweep the ankle or the sweep behind the knee or how we get into, you know, the difference between, you know, the type of cradle that we were doing versus what she might be more familiar with is, you know, to her, obviously, as a high school athlete, it's what is legal and what is illegal Versus what we're practicing in the sense of, dude, if I have my knee straight into your back, that's going <laughs> to cause pain. And the last thing you're going to want to do is try to yeah. smack me, right? So it's a, it's a different context. But 
I think it brings it to some interesting consideration because coach, what you were coach Brian, what you were saying last night, if I recall correctly, it's just like how these rules change because of, let's say, a a few people within that sport who become overly yeah. dominant, mm-hmm. right? And so there, I, I see it as both good and bad in the sense that the good part is, yeah, in, in essence, you kind of even out the playing field a little bit more so that you, you it makes – I would say it's maybe more of an entertainment factor. So if I look at some other sports like – you know, for example, Formula One racing and how they've been trying to even out the playing field because it's always been one or two teams always winning. But and then to your point, it's like, yeah, you know, they remove this technique or they remove that technique. And then it's to, it's to even out. I mean, even in NFL football, like how the year that the quarterbacks were not allowed yeah. to be tackled. Right. You can't touch the quarterbacks. All of a sudden they're gold. You can't touch them. And everyone's like, well, well what happened to the aggressive nature of American mm-hmm. football that's gone now. Mm-hmm. And so in wrestling, but on the other side, the negative side to me is, well, the more we start to take away because of the rules, doesn't that mean that we start to take away from the art of, you know, again, of the art mm-hmm. of wrestling, the, the techniques of wrestling, the really the entire spectrum of wrestling. And, you know, I, I can understand if they are implementing certain rules due to safety. That I can understand. And I'm very much on kind of this, I guess, balance point of like, I can understand it if they're trying to remove a technique because there's too many people dominating with that one single technique. And thus it's causing, you know, an uneven playing field which means that it's a little bit less exciting. But again, we're, if we're talking about like even high school wrestling, and I think wrestling, a side note for me is that, again, having not been a part of it, but when I think through it now, it's almost like being a high school wrestler still means Absolutely. something. To say that you have wrestled, it's not like, oh, he played tennis <laughs> in high school. Hey, I play tennis right? in high school. <laughs> the only way, well, see, the only way these things type, like, it's okay, I'll take it a, a super extreme golf, sport, yeah. golf, right? Oh, he was a high school golfer. Nobody cares. But if you were to say, you might have some credit if you said, oh, I was a high school state golf champion. However, in the golfing world, it's like, oh, he was at Ohio State or he was at Oklahoma State for, and he played college golf. That's a big, that's a big deal. Same. I don't even think with tennis, it's like nobody really cares if you, even if you're a high, a, a collegiate yeah. tennis player. In tennis, well, it's like you're either yeah. pro or wrestling's you're not. different. But yeah. with wrestling, yeah. But with wrestling, what I find is for when people say he was a he wrestled in high school and then he wrestled in college, or you know, you know, like Coach Juan or even Joel Bain, they wrestled in the military. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yep. there yep. was always there's still credibility to say that you wrestled yep. in high school, which I find really interesting. So anyway, back to my point about all these rules. It's like, Coach Juan, how do you deal especially? I mean, I think it's a little bit easier for you than it is, you know, for for us on the PCI side where we we do have to conform our techniques and wh- how we practice to competition because of the rule sets. And because we don't compete in one specific sanction, every every sanction has a different rule set. For you, obviously, you, as you're coaching these these young athletes through the program or th- throughout 
And as rule changes happen, how does that affect the way that you're coaching and or even how the the, the athletes are receiving it, uh, receiving kind of like, oh, I can't believe they're changing this sort of deal? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and it, it all starts again, you know, uh, when, when I coach, uh, you know, certain technique, let's say that uh, an opponent may be compromised, right? Close to uh, an illegal hold. I really, really take... Uh, you know, my time to really explain uh, before, you know, doing it live or, you know, drilling it, the consequences of, you know, hurting that opponent, you know, the, always with having the safety in mind. You know, we do have, you know, rule sets, you know, throughout uh, high school, you know, wrestling all across the nation, right, that we follow. And, uh, you know, so us coaches, you know, are tasked with, you know, making sure, ensuring that, you know, the safety of these young athletes, you know, because we want them to succeed and hopefully they can continue, you know, to grow and, and develop. And, you know, some may even, uh, you know, get to the next level. So we want to make sure that they're, you know, healthy when they get to that next level, they're healthy into their senior years and, uh, you know, not being in a compromised position with, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, war, uh, wear and tear on their bodies, you know, once they get to that senior year, you know, um, so it's a lot of, you know, taking your time, explaining, explaining that I do, uh, here, uh, sometimes, you know, they just kind of, you know, zone off a little bit because maybe a little too much talking, I would say, but you know, <laughs> it's very important, for me. <laughs> <laughs> very important for me yeah. to explain, you know, uh, you know, the, the safety aspect of it. So it's, it's a little challenging because, you know, you, you, I deal with, you know, ninth graders, you know, some are, you know, 14, 15 years old and, uh, their, their, uh, their, uh, attention span very is very limited. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, always that's the challenge. That's really the challenge. But once they, they start to understand the, the, the different holds or the techniques, um, you know, it's very safe, you know. So I think as a coach, if you do a good enough job, you know, coaching those fundamentals and taking your time with that, um, you know, uh, it gets easier as, you know, these kids, these athletes, you know, uh, move on through the years in high school. You know, one, one of the things, you know, to get into that, this point a little bit further, just so I can bitch for a second. When the Schultz brothers were dominating the wrestling scene, you know, they banned the double wrist lock. Mm -hmm. because the Schultz brothers yep. are so dominant, breaking arms. Hey, look, at the end of the day, anybody has the opportunity to learn the techniques. Whether or not you train it or whether or not you apply it, that's on you. But you get guys like that where they were ripping people apart. They're getting disqualified yep. and still winning, you know, because people go, ow, and then their <laughs> arm is broken. Well, why don't you learn? You have to learn, in my opinion, you have to learn a double wrist lock. One of the biggest travesties is what happened, you know, like I, I always talk about in class, 1904, when they take submissions out of amateur wrestling, you know, and then it oh, changed that yeah. you, we see how it evolved, but then look at what happened with, you know, judo, the evolution of judo to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, where what did Brazilian jiu-jitsu do? The Gracies, when they started doing their thing in, in the fifties, they weren't doing well. So what do they do? They take away the pin. They take away the value of the throw. So that all of a sudden the guard is emphasized. Oh, it's okay to lay on your back. Why would it be okay to lay on your back? Because they were getting the shit kicked out of them by the wrestlers, by catch wrestlers and judokas. 
So they changed, they, they kind of yep. created their own little style. Say, let's take this away. Let's take that way. Look what happened with judo, you know, 15 years ago or so where they start saying, okay, well, we're taking away leg attacks. Why? Cause you had these freestyle wrestlers coming in, grabbing legs and tossing these guys left and right. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's not fair. We're going to take that away. Well, why, why don't you just learn the techniques? That's how I look at it. Learn the techniques and get good. Be well-rounded. I don't think by eliminating techniques, you're going to get better. I think by, you know, refining and understanding how the body works mechanically and what is a superior way to take somebody down? What is a superior way to pin somebody? What, you know, these are the type of things that are important. Like as an example for me, how I learned pinning from Wade Chalice is very, very important. A lot of people today, if they see the way that I teach pins, they go, oh, well, that's really mean. That's very painful. Why would you do that to somebody? Because it's effective. Whether or not it's allowed anymore, I don't know. I quite frankly, I don't care. I want somebody to have the most effective and painful pins possible. And then, okay, well, if the referee doesn't like it, tough shit. It works. You know, yeah, okay, yes, you have to kind of, you know, adjust your technique a little bit. But I've always been of the opinion of learn what's efficient, learn what's effective, learn to master it, to dominate the, the, the opponent, and then make the adjustments for the rule set of that tournament. You know, I think, I think it's important to really kind of learn really what works, to really dominate somebody. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. That's the goal is to dominate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Coach Juan, I have a question for you on that. Actually, to build off of Coach Brian's point is, do you, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, the athletes are training to win within the context of the rules. Do you, there's, this is a two-part question. One is, do you still teach certain techniques that are very traditional or, let's say, very appropriate to wrestling that may not be allowed in rules for the sake that this that the athletes are just learning the technique um and or the second part of the question is do you also do any kind of crossover training with other styles yeah so i i normally um stick within the confines of the rules um and what's been a blessing you know and that's really you know I have to look at things, you know, from a safety perspective. Um, high mm-hmm. schools are really big on, you know, you know the, the the new age of the athlete, right? Protect, protect, yeah. protect. So very limited, you know, to you know teaching other things. Uh, but what's been great, you know, is having Brian there uh, because you know I see, you know, a a, a great thing that uh, you know could be, you know, uh, enhanced right here. You know, getting some of the athletes here uh, to, you know, start learning catch wrestling. And, and, you know, that's something that, you know, Brian and I will, you know, continue to kind of, you know, play and talk about. And, you know, eventually, you know, it's great that he's there here, you know, there uh, next to us, you know, here in our home. And uh, we're in his home. And, you know, and, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's important, uh, you know, because I do have kids, like I say, that they go out and, and train their jujitsu, uh, you know, with their other coaches and whatnot. But I think, you know, the value of having a wrestling team will, uh, it's greatly enhanced if they learn, you know, catch wrestling, you know? So, yeah. 
you know, I'm very fortunate to have Brian there with uh, with us. So, so real quick, I know I know you got to jump off in a second one because uh, you got to you got to practice to. I have a practice. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, he's got practice right now. But I did. I want to leave the audience with one thing uh, from you that I think is kind of important because people tend to not know this. So I, I would like you to kind of clarify for the audience. We got three very common styles. You have Greco, you have freestyle, you have folk style. In a very brief kind of, you know, cliff note sort of way, how can you explain to the audience, you know, of like say jujitsu people that aren't familiar with these different styles of wrestling, how would you describe the differences of the three and where do you think they should start to implement if they're doing you know, grappling, but they have no, no stand-up grappling. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, the way I look at the three styles, you know, uh, going back to where we, where it all starts is on our feet. And I think uh, Greco really teaches that, you know, having a solid uh, stance and, you know, learning how to hand fight, uh, heavy hands, uh, is very, very important when you start, you know, to wrestle. And then you get the, the aspect of freestyle wrestling, right, where, you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, motion, a lot of movement, you know, nowadays with even pushing, you know, guys off the mat, you're already scoring. You know, you're no longer trying to just stall. Um, you know, freestyle really uh, does a great job in, 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 in teaching or, you know, teaching these kids that, uh, you know, we still got to wrestle. You don't just stop. Mm. You got to continue. This sport uh, of wrestling is is a continuous battle, right, for, you know, the amount of time, the amount of minutes that we spend on that mat in one contest. It, it's very critical. So, um, and then you put those two, Greco and Freestyle, together, and then you just spawn, uh, you know, our traditional here in the United States, our folk style wrestling, collegiate wrestling is, uh, you know, we folk style really benefits from freestyle and Greco in those sense, in that sense. And that's how I kind of look at that. So, you know, I, I welcome all kids that, you know, want to get into wrestling is, yeah, absolutely. Look into Greco, uh, look into freestyle, especially. So, um, you know, that's kind of in a nutshell, how I view that. Um, and how I could explain that, you know, uh, when it comes to, uh, high school wrestling. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time, coach. I know you got to get going. I'll just ask when you hang up, keep the app going because it's got to con- finish uploading. It's just a technical thing. Nobody knows what we're talking about, Okay. but, uh, it's good. Cause you're not a hundred percent uploaded yet with your, uh, your vocals. So on a technical level, keep that Keep, just keep the app open after you hang up. And uh, so grateful that you're able to come on with us today. And uh, we hope you have another amazing season of ass kicking and, you know, help you every way that you can to cultivate those students and uh, make them the best they can. I, yeah. Coach Juan from, from, from me, I just want to thank you for, for pouring into the, to the students again, into the youth. I mean, you and I, you know, all, I mean, all three of us here, but it, we, we we all understand the, the value of what it means to be able to feed into the next generation of, of of people, and so you know, like you said, it's a it's an effort, it's a labor of love. It's not it's not something that's glorious, and it's not the most thankful position. But if anything, thank you for doing what you're doing. 
Um, you know, and also thank you for your service in the military, uh, for, for whatever that means to you. Uh, but it means a lot to me, obviously. And so with that, we'll let you get back to coaching and, uh, and Great. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Ed. Uh, thank you for having me, Brian. Thank you again for everything you've done. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep you guys posted on how we do in the season. We're uh, awesome. So I really thank you guys for having me. Thanks so much. All right. right, We'll see you. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that was awesome. Getting coach Juan on there. He's such a good guy. If, if anybody ever has the opportunity to hang out with uh, coach Juan Dominguez, you know, he's so much fun. He's such a good conversationalist and he's so wise. He has so much information about wrestling, uh, really a great person. So he's always a person to reach out to. If you have questions about wrestling, um, he's one of the people that I've met over the years that is open and generous with his time. And, you know, it allows people to come hang out and be like, Hey, you want to learn something? Come on, you know, and he's willing to give his time and, and share with you if you have questions. So I highly encourage this guy's got an amazing program and it's not the biggest program in orange County, but I tell you what, it's one of the most successful, you know, that's one thing I think for coach Juan and myself, why we're in a bit, we're kindred spirits because neither of us have the biggest team, but we're both very, very successful with our, our, our championships winning, um, and it allows us to have more of that freedom to kind of steer the ship a little bit more. Um, when when you mm-hmm. you have a little bit of a smaller team, you can focus more a lot more on one on one. You know, yeah, yeah. No, I I really enjoyed that conversation with him. I mean, I've only had minimal interactions with him, just more or less. You know, obviously through passing by between classes and stuff of that sort. And um, but nicest guy in the world one of the nicest guys human beings i mean just genuine and honestly this goes back to like like i was telling him is people who give up their time and sacrifice their time and resources to contribute and give into the youth today i think it's just like i think it's a powerful thing i don't think we have enough people who do that and so you know huge shout out to him and really this goes out to pretty much i would say almost all the wrestling coaches out there or just even teachers in general but if you're giving up your time, sacrificing time with, you know, just not if you're giving up and sacrificing your own personal time that you could be doing with for other things and for personal gain and that you're giving it up for the sake of bettering people. My my I applaud yeah. you. I, so, I, I agree. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where. You know, it's really, I look at it in the sense of that, that concept of paying it forward, how to really give, really give to others. And, uh, you know, you have to really be in the mindset of, you know, doing it from a place of love in your heart, because in the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's a thankless job. It's like, you know, I know there's people who'd be like, oh, I, you know, this is how much money I make from my BGJ fanatics, or this is how much money I'm making teaching and I'm getting all this and I charge $1,000 for a private lesson. I don't do that. I mean, I, I do it. I, I look at what I do is in a sense of, I, I don't want, I hate to use the word a thankless, 
job, but to me, the reward is seeing people develop. And that's what I really care about is the development and seeing people grow because my, my goal is to pass on a legacy of, of grappling, of really complete grappling for fighting. You know, that, that's my thing. I don't want people sitting and doing whirly twirly shit on their backs. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's meaningful. I want it to be meaningful. Yeah. It's meaningful. I, I want it to be something where people go, can walk outside and go, you know what? I can handle myself. I'm not afraid of the world. You know, to quote David Bowie, I'm afraid of Americans. <laughs> I'm afraid of the world. <laughs> I don't want anybody afraid of Americans or afraid of the world. I want you to go out there, you know, guns blazing, but with a sense of peace, peaceful strength, you know, um, because it's really, really important. And, you know, again, I know we emphasize a lot on this podcast, this concept of start standing or stay home. And we're going to continue to have wrestling coaches on. And if you have a wrestling coach, you know, a wrestling coach that you want us to have on, hit us up, please. Uh, because it is very important that we hear different perspectives, especially for, since most of the people listening are people in the jujitsu community and most of you want to sit on your ass. Okay. You need to hear the perspective of people that have mastered the art of stand-up grappling because that's where it all starts. And I truly believe if you are not practicing stand-up grappling on a daily basis, you're making a grave mistake. It is equally important, if not more important, than the stuff on the ground, okay? Because you can dictate how the fight ends on the ground if you know how to dictate the stand-up portion of the grappling. Very, very important, you know. Plus then if you get it, if you get it down right, you can make Ed scream and that's really fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the funny part is it's, I I think it's for as much as I scream and squeal and everything, I, I, I find that probably one of the most beneficial aspects of my training is because I can under, like I, like I've said before in previous episodes to understand the pain gives you the opportunity to understand how much pain you're able to inflict. And the fact that even with the amount of pain that let's say if coach is demonstrating something on me and puts me in these weird positions and I'm squealing like a dying pig is that I know that, and he's not even given the full strength to know and think that I could do that to other people, like in a Mm self-defense situation, it's a whole nother story. So but uh, with that, Coach, I got to go ice my hand because it's starting to. Okay, like so crazy. let's let's wrap this up with a <laughs> couple of our advertisements. That's really important. Keep in mind, right now we are having a special. We are having a sale on our distance learning program. It's forty percent off. Okay, it's a big deal. So it's forty percent off the monthly dues. It's a very unique program because it is the PCI curriculum. And in addition to that, you get coaching calls with yours truly. I will yell at you. I will talk trash to you on the phone. No, I'm kidding. It'll be a good time. I love coaching. 
You're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, I mean, if somebody sends me a crappy video that I might yell, be like, that's not what I recorded. <laughs> that's not what I taught you. So this is what makes our program different. It, you're not going to be bombarded with a million and one techniques you'll never learn. You're going to be given hand-delivered our curriculum. It's in private video format for you to practice, regurgitate, learn, articulate. We do have a couple secret weapons in there and uh, methods, the secret methods that make you more effective at what you're doing. And those coaching calls. There is not a single program on this planet outside of the PCI program that has coaching calls. Okay. So keep that in mind. What you are investing in is you're investing in yourself. And on top of that, when you're ready for new gear, head on over to sanablesports.com forward slash PCI jujitsu for 10% off every single one of your purchases. This is a perpetual code. So every time you duck into P- sanablesports.com, make sure that PCI jujitsu is in the discount code section. If you do Sandable Sports forward slash PCI Jiu-Jitsu, it'll automatically populate. If for some reason you just hit the Sandable Sports website, make sure you put that code in at the end for the discount code and you'll get that 10% off. You're helping us out a lot. And uh, yeah, level up grappling. We're going to continue. We're going to be having a lot of special guests. You have no idea what we have in store, guys, but it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of surprises coming down. and You guys are going to have a lot of fun with some of these guests we have on. Anything else, Ed? Well, and as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for supporting us. Again, this is for Coach Brian and I. This is we're just two random dudes who just so happen to be a teacher and student who decided to pick up a microphone and just start sharing kind of yeah. our journey and our exploration with this. So your support, whether you listen, whether you have engaged with us or even just follow us on Instagram means a lot to us. And so from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. I think with that, we'll catch you guys on the next one.